Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I am your host. Here on The Connected Generation, we explore all things legacy wealth and legacy businesses, how to build businesses and wealth that would outlive the founder and have sustained impact over time and over space. And here we unpack various themes with curiosity, authenticity, vulnerability, inviting guests from all over the world to share of their journeys with business owners and expert teachers, unpacking these themes, like I said, with vulnerability, authenticity, and curiosity. This week, there's no guest. I started a series a few um, couple weeks, couple months ago, rather, unpacking my latest book, Lifetime to Legacy. So, um, you're with me this week. <laughs> but um, I'm really enjoying the summer break and it's been a time of meaningful connecting with friends, family, um, colleagues. I've attended a conference which was just incredible and also just members of our wider tribe. And I think this season of slowdown and reconnecting is so important because the last 12 months have been a bit of a whirlwind for me. I've been on a constant hamster wheel that I feel like I've just kind of given myself permission to come off this summer. And like I mentioned in a couple of episodes, um, we transitioned as a family from Nigeria to the US. And that was largely great, but it did come with challenges, right? Um, And I find that being in between seasons, like transitions can come with grief over the last season and anxiety due to uncertainty over the next season, right? And I had to personally work through a lot of these emotions with honesty, truckloads of self-compassion and curiosity. And here we are in the summer and we're coming to the end of the summer and I look ahead to another academic year, particularly for the kids. I'm really quite reflective on how can I see this next year with a different eye and experience it quite differently from how I experienced the last one? How can I carry an attitude of gratitude, of presence, and honestly of hope ahead with me throughout the year? Because like I said, I kind of struggled last year. I focused a lot in the transition on what I was losing rather than what I was gaining or what I could be creating. And as I mentioned, we'll be unpacking my book, Lifetime to Legacy, really sharing a similar theme on transition. The age-old question I am asked, why is it so hard for business founders to let go of their businesses? I get asked this question by next-gens, by advisors, by non-family staff, who are often baffled by this phenomenon. And it's very difficult to understand if you've never established a business. And I personally moved from being quite judgy (laughs) to being empathetic when I went down my own entrepreneurial journey when I founded a couple of businesses myself. And from the outside looking in, being a business owner, it just seems to be a vocation, right? But from the inside looking out, it's way deeper than that. 
It's more than a hobby. It's more than a vocation. It's more than being a member of a social group. I personally, as an entrepreneur, I've had sleepless nights, both for good and bad, over my business. So I've had nights where I can barely sleep because I'm so excited, I can't contain it. I've had nights where I can barely sleep because I'm worried and I have racing thoughts. I've had nights where I can barely sleep because I'm so disappointed that my pillows are wet with tears. And the most similar kind of phenomenon that I can liken this to is the nurturing and the parenting of a baby into a child, into a young adult. I mean, as a mum, who else was there for the baby when he or she was crying at two in the morning over colic or who else can give my baby that comfort when they have a cold or a flu or who else experiences that inexplicable joy when baby says his or her first words it really is through sacrifice and hardships that we make for our kids that we develop deep bond, a devotion and commitment to them. And that's why we become so proud as parents when we watch them at a recital, singing off key, (laughs) or we see them being so kind to others, or my favourite, when they say, Mommy, I just want to cuddle, I just want to hug, I just want to hang out with you. And this is why it's so hard to let go. This relationship It's why parents struggle with empty nester syndrome when their kids go off to college or when they walk their kids down the aisle. And actually, science backs up this parallel between entrepreneurship and parenting that entrepreneurs become so emotionally attached to their businesses. The same neural pathways that light up when they think of their kids are the same ones that light up when they think of their babies when they think of their businesses rather and so it's this two-way relationship not only is a parent investing in the child the child is also providing some warmth they're getting some benefit and providing that back to the parent and it's similar with businesses so letting go of businesses and passing it on to other leaders often comes with a lot of grief for founders grief over the last the loss of the old season. They're losing their baby. They're losing their significance. They're losing their calling. And they're losing, potentially, their source of livelihood. But it's not only losses that come with this season. It's also accompanied by anxiety over the uncertainty of, of the future new season. And this phenomenon of, like, tr- anxiety transition trans, transition the anxiety of transition is called betwixt and it's prevalent in other types of in-between transitions and it can happen when say for instance you resign from your job and you're waiting on a new job or you've gone through a divorce you're moving countries or you lose a loved one and the challenge with such seasons is that it's quite difficult to to picture what will my life look like in the new season that's coming who will my companions be and then down to the very like practical how will I pay the bills say for instance in the in the example of you you, you've lost your jobs or you've um, started a new business or you've gone through a divorce right and 
It's very ironic because externally, folks celebrate others when they're retiring, right? So when other people, onlookers, are cheering founders when they retire, founders on the inside are like experiencing and navigating this duality, this external validation and celebration of them moving into retirement. Whilst at the same time, this internal agony of chaos, of confusion, of pain, of frustration over being betwixt, over having this anxiety of in-betweenness, as Susan David says, and without a safe space and place to process these very confusing, confusing and private emotions, it can be difficult for founders to understand and gain clarity over what's next for me in the family business, resulting in them struggling to let go. And the thing is, when founders don't let go in time, it has implications for both the family and the business. For example, consider a founder that has promised the family and the business that he or she will be retiring and has announced the incumbent and maybe even had a retirement party. But he or she still rocks up in the office wearing their office suit, hovering and meddling, asking questions, questioning decisions that the incumbent makes. Of course, a lot of the existing staff feel very accountable to the person who molded this very business, the architect, the sculpture of the enterprise. And this causes confusion amongst the staff. Are we following our old leader or are we following our new leader? And also it can feel, it can make the new leader to feel like they're just a rubber stamper and they have no morale and it can really make it difficult for them to grab on and make their mark and their stamp on the enterprise. Or consider another scenario where the incumbent, the new leader, is to be a family member, but the founder keeps pushing forward the retirement date, keeps deferring it into the future. And the challenge is that in a family enterprise setting, the weightiness of personal issues, of traumas, of past hurts, all diverge into the seeming business decision. And it can be very hurtful for the rising generation who may have grown up in the shadow of the founder of their parent and has been waiting for their moment to be out of the shadow, eager, hungry, yearning for their autonomy, agency, and legitimacy. So founder not letting go, it really has implications far more than meets the eye. Um, the rising generation may feel like they're not trusted and it can cause a breakdown in family relationships leading to irreparable conflict where then other family members are brought into this conflict and triangulated, creating even more dysfunction. So this betwixt season has to be handled with real sensitivity and understanding that it is difficult for founders to let go. Instead, in an ideal world, what we want to see is the founder moving from a boss to a mentor, where they can pass on all their experience and expertise to the rising generation of leaders, whilst not stifling their autonomy, authority, and agency. And so I have a couple of ideas on how can a founder navigates such a season. I would say, number one, invest in gaining clarity over 
your next season of life. And listen to episode 93, which was called Transitioning, Retiring from the Family Business and the Third Act of Life with Alan Millam. It's really important for you to distill what's next for you as an individual. What's next that would be compelling enough, exciting enough for you to give you joy and true passion? Secondly, I would say have conversations with your family. What's next for the business? What's next for other family members? Get involved in family councils or other governance bodies or use that as an opportunity to set these up if they don't exist. Having conversations on shared purpose, vision, mission, values and education for the family. Be very mindful that the enterprise needs to evolve conversations from monologues where it's founder-directed to inclusive conversations where every voice is heard. So you may need to bring in a third party to facilitate such conversations or be trained on how to co-facilitate conversations um, such that every voice is heard. And the third thing I would say is collaborate with other family members on working on your business, not just in your business. And as I kind of hinted, a great place where you can invest your time is on a decision-making framework that allows for transparency and accountability so that the enterprise moves from this solo decision-making style to a more collaborative, collective style of decision-making, where as a family, you're able to draw upon diversity of thought of all the family members making decisions in a more coherent manner. Having clarity and understanding of what types of decisions are taken by whom right? And what guides said decision-making? Because often a huge source of friction in family enterprises is that decision-making isn't clear, it's not transparent, and historically it's been dominated by the founder. And so other family members may feel like spectators and not participants, and they feel silenced and start to resent not only the enterprise, but their family members. So we want to be looking at working on these three aspects in tandem so that we create a decision mechanism, decision making mechanism that allows for folks to move from merely coexisting to actively co-creating. If you're an ex-gen and you're listening to this episode and you're wondering, how should I navigate such a season where my parent is finding it so difficult to let go? Firstly, I would say give your parent your empathy and give them your understanding of what they're going through. And just being very sense, excuse me, sensitive. And this sensitivity should be reflective, reflected in what you say to them and how you say it because founders are often dealing with a lot of fear of their own mortality so be mindful of the language that you use using words really try to use words centered around continuity rather than finality use words centered around a collective legacy rather than an individual mortality so A phrase I love to impress upon families is think through 
what's the legacy we want to be leaving as a family and what's the legacy we want to be living as a family you know focusing from taking the um reframing away from an individual death to a collective active process is really helpful second thing i would say is be patient I talk about this in my book where I say that oftentimes we next gens, we want to pursue revolutions (laughs) rather than evolutions. But instant change, rapid change can be disastrous. And really, what's the difference? If we think about it, a revolution leads to sudden and dramatic change. And when we think of a revolution, you may think like a political revolution, but they don't only occur in political spheres but also in family enterprises whereas evolutions um, are more slow and gradual now both refer to change right so whilst an evolution is slow and gradual a revolution is sudden it's dramatic and it's complete but the truth of the matter is that the speed of change does not necessarily determine the size of impact, right? I would argue that an evolution leads to a greater positive impact because the risk of failure with a revolution is so high, right? And what type of evolution am I talking about? There's an evolution of self. There's an evolution of how you see yourself on the inside and there's an evolution of how you project yourself on the outside. There's an evolution of the family. There's an evolution of the business. And I'll probably do another episode talking about the different systems, the self, the family and the business and how they interplay with each other and how you investing in yourself has a great impact on other family members and can have an impact also on the business system. So give them your empathy, be patient, and lastly, work on your siblings' partnerships. And what does that look like? It looks like we know what it's like to be siblings. As siblings, we all have our roles. One is the funny one, one is the lazy one, one is the clever one, one is the responsible one, one is mummy's favourite, one is dad's favourite, whatever, and so on and so forth. But We don't necessarily have experience being active business partners. And so this looks like moving away from just being mere siblings to actively working on your partnership, understanding your siblings, their strengths, weaknesses, experiences, and then you all coming together and forming a cadence and culture for your team. And I like to make this um, parallel to competitive sports No one plays sports without deliberate practice, right? So in competitive sports, there's hours of practice behind the scenes, guided by a coach who, this coach knows the strengths and weaknesses of each of the players and gives them appropriate roles in the game. So the team has clarity of what does winning look like? They know how to communicate with each other and they collaborate effectively. And this team does not necessarily win every match, right? But they keep showing up in spite of that. They stay in the game because they're focused on their team mission. And we want to build something similar with siblings' partnerships. Being very intentional and deliberate about building this partnership during the lifetime of the founder. Putting in your reps so that you can improve. 
So I hope that was really helpful on just unpacking transitional challenges for business founders and tips that founders can take on board and also next gens can take on board. A couple of book recommendations. Um, number one is The Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell. I think that's a really fantastic book. And another one that I'm currently working my way through at the moment is The Quest for Legitimacy by Jamie Weiner. I'll leave links in the show notes for both of these. So yeah, our next solo conversation, I'll be talking about another hot topic, the opposite side, next gens that are grappling with championing change, grappling with grabbing on, having a more Um, having more responsibility and being able to make their mark on the family enterprises and i will talk through tips on how to navigate that as always please follow this podcast leave a review and share this with a friend that is keen on learning how to build legacy business and legacy wealth thank you so much for tuning in take good care and god bless you